All right, so we're back again with another episode. What are we drinking today? Let's start there. Uh, I've got a nice frosty Coke Zero. I'm not drinking whiskey for once. Um, This is a 3 p.m. recording, so earlier didn't feel right. Uh, I'm drinking Diet Coke. Nice. Two for two for Coke. Mm -hmm. I'm drinking a Focus Aid. I don't know if you guys have seen these. Oh, pH? No, it's like a... Sorry, microphone. It's like a energy... It's essentially an energy drink with like like a natural one. Does it help you focus? It does. It has a lot of caffeine. But I'm going straight to the gym Does it also make you shake? No, I (laughs) don't get shaky like I do on copious amounts of coffee. So that's a pro. Good, good, good. Mm -hmm. Um, So we should jump right into our first topic, which is cheers. We did that. Um, We did. (laughs) Sort of. Um, (laughs) But what's happening in the world? I think the first thing we need to talk about is RIP Suzanne Summers. Step by step. What a classic. I know. I was very surprised when I heard this because in my head, I was like, wait, what? She's so young. She's only like in her 50s, surely. But no, she was 76. Surely. <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like I had zero idea what Suzanne Summers had been up to the past couple decades. Yeah. I don't um, watch anything with her in it. Oh. Really? No, I I I know the name, but I I didn't. I had to Google her to see what she looked like, and I, mm. I can place it now. But no, I've yeah. never yeah. seen her stuff. Beyond watching Step by Step, my one claim to fame with her is that in second grade, um, I wrote a story called "My Day with Suzanne Summers," and it was loosely, and by loosely, I mean entirely, based off of Mariah Carey's video for "Fantasy" because we <laughs> rode roller coasters and roller skates. So clearly a tiny plagiarist, but you swap out the main character and it's all good. Uh Uh-oh. You really just took inspiration. Yeah. It was quite the page turner. Highly (laughs) illustrated, very colorful. I mean, it even had a soundtrack, so. I feel like that's like a peak 90s story. Like Suzanne Summers based on Mariah Carey fantasy. I'm dating myself. Yeah. Let's move on. <laughs> what else is happening in the world? R.I.P. Suzanne Summers. R.I.P. And move we're done. on too fast. <laughs> yeah. Respect, but we're done. <laughs> um, what else did we have? Oh, mm. I did mm. see today that the Britney Spears memoir that's coming out. When is it coming out? Like this 24th. month? This month? Okay, this month. Um, apparently, she drops a bomb in it. About her and Justin Timberlake, they got pregnant in mm-hmm. like the early 2000s and then they had an abortion. Uh, this is just, I mean, what bad thing hasn't happened to Britney Spears? I feel I know. bad for this woman. I know. Well, yeah. I, it's like, I, I've been seeing all these memes on Instagram lately of like, the America you thought we lived in versus the America we live in. And it's like her little cute headshot from when she was like 15. And then her recent videos, which like, I don't like to make fun of her. <laughs> I feel like I'm not a good person, which like she's, th- those videos are weird. Like those are weird yeah, videos, she's but like, she's but I don't want to make fun of it. Like she's been literally through hell and back ever since she was 11 on that stupid Disney show. Yeah. Yes. So I, I don't, I ordered, I pre-ordered her memoir because I, 
I feel like I grew up with, I mean, she's much, much older than me, but I feel like I grew up with her and man, I don't know. Yeah. I just want to see the it's ins so and outs sad. of it all. I hope that Justin Timberlake, I don't know. I feel like, uh, of course He's, this was covered up, you know, like of yeah. course he, it just got brushed under the rug, but I, I so hope s- something. I'm so surprised that it took this long for that to uh, yeah. surface, to be honest. Yeah. I wonder if she tried to tell people about it and she was like, people thought she was crazy. Because or, yeah, of there's the, silence, um, sure. Yeah, yeah. Because so I don't think people took her very seriously for a long time. Oh, yeah. no. I don't, I don't think so either. But man, look at the ripple effect of like all these things in her life. I, I hope that this memoir gives some insight into her reality because... I, no one's really done a good job of telling the story from her side yet. I've watched some of the documentaries and things, but it's still kind of once removed. It's not Brittany telling the story herself. Yeah, yeah that's what see. I want to hear. Like, what is happening in her life? Yeah, I, I'm i so curious, like, who helped her, like, write and edit this? Like, who mm-hmm. – I because I hope that she did play a big role. Like, and Me it wasn't too. just kind of like somebody taking a bunch of liberties. Um, yeah. And using her name to like yeah. make an easy cash grab. Yeah, totally. Um, which has been her be whole life, it seems like. Which is so, it's just so sad, man. And Justin Timberlake, I don't know if he's going to come back from this reputation wise. Like he already, I think, I don't know. A lot of people hate him now. And mm-hmm. Yeah, they think he's not a great guy for a bunch of different reasons. Why? I mean, I think just how he, like, handled the whole Britney breakup thing and, like, basically turned everybody against her. And then all the stuff with Janet Jackson at the Super Bowl that one year, um, he, like, kind of pushed all of that off onto her and she got all the negative um, flack for that. And then I think with Jessica Beale, like, I don't know, they've had a really rocky relationship. And I think just people kind of don't think he's a good guy in general. Yeah. yeah. Wasn't he filming a movie semi recently and there was pictures taken of him like on a date with one of his co-stars? Was yeah. Very obviously, a date. They, were, they were in New Orleans and they were on like the balcony of some bar on Bourbon Street um, and they were holding hands or something. Yeah, it was something like that. Um, I also think that Jessica Biel has like built a very solid producing career for herself, but he kind of always, there's a magazine shoot that comes to mind where it's Jessica Biel being normal and it's Justin Timberlake, like, like coming out of the corner of the frame, leaping into it, like, Hey, look at me. And I feel like that is such a good summary of the relationship is like, she is this amazing professional with a really impressive career, but he's still kind of always jumping in like, bleh. I'm Justin Timberlake. Mm-hmm. Don't forget about uh, me. I'm like, shut up, Justin. I know. Yeah, he definitely gives off that vibe. I feel like he went on SNL uh, however long ago that was, like 15 years ago, and that did really well. And then that's just his whole personality now since then. Yep. Mm-hmm. He's just kind of that guy forever. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I also think that about him, like with her, because he's – somehow finds his way into all of the shows that she produces. And it's always... He really does. Yeah. It's always like the dumbest, most nothing character. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's a great actor. No, he's not. I'm going to say it. I, I just a watched actor. a movie with him in it. <laughs> I was going to say, I think we're going to talk sound, about this later. 
Yeah, it's down in our like what are we watching, reading, listening to list. Uh, reptile. Okay. Okay. I'll, okay. We can we'll touch to it on it yeah. later, but yeah, it was. Yeah, that tracks for me. I thought he was good in the social network, but that's all the positive praise I have for him. And that was a while ago, though. It was a long, and it was like a he just minor peaked. role. He wasn't a big character. Yeah. And he kind of was, like, supposed to be playing a douchebag, which I feel like... He did well. He kind of... Yep. There it he is. nailed it. He's kind of just a dick. I don't know. I just he wasn't yeah. really acting. <laughs> yeah, he's just I know. himself. I used to have a little bit more sympathy for him, I think. Just because I can't imagine what it must have been like. I mean, any child star, right? Like, I can't imagine what it's like or what it does to your brain to grow up that yeah. way and to, like, come of age in that way. Um, mm-hmm. But especially, like, as a teenage guy in a the most popular boy band on earth and, like, what sort of, like, weird expectations there must be of you or, like... <laughs> Kaylee's I know lightly cough, coughing in the background <laughs> did I mute yes you did you're mute muted. but you, you just like you're choking. You were dying <laughs> I'm just I'm I'm hanging by a thread you guys oh man week it, two of being sick anyways oh. anyway I used to have more sympathy for him just because I can't imagine like what that does to your brain or like everybody's worshiping you so you just kind of have to be a dick but yeah I don't know I don't really I can't really make excuses for him anymore. He just no. continues to be terrible. Krista, what's this next news item we have here? Oh, is this my screaming, yelling about All Bush? <laughs> <laughs> so I heard a rumor today that Sophia Bush is now dating a, a woman, which is uh, a huge win for me. Uh, personally. <laughs> personally, personally, a major triumph. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Sophia. <laughs> it is just a rumor, but it, she there's a soccer player. I already forgot her name. I don't know anything about soccer players, but apparently a soccer player woman is divorcing her wife because she is now with Sophia Bush, who uh, divorced her husband just a few months ago. So huge update in my life. And mm-hmm. uh a huge win for college Krista, who was obsessed with Sophia Bush. Yeah, can you uh, give us a little backstory? We need the context here on why this is a win for you. In, okay, in college, I was obsessed with One Tree Hill. Like, stupid obsessed. And I was still very much not out. I was in the closet. But I was obsessed with Sophia Bush and her character on One Tree Hill. Um, so yeah, I've just like always been in love with her. She was one of my first like big, like celebrity crushes, um, as I was coming out. So yeah, like, holy shit. This is, <laughs> I, I'm a little jealous. have to say. <laughs> I'm a little jealous because I did meet her once and the sparks did not fly. So. Oh no. Yeah. Um, uh, not to make it about me, but yeah. Anyway, very it excited. It just wasn't your moment. I hope it wasn't <laughs> your moment. Maybe if we met today, you know, who knows? <laughs> who knows? <laughs> Sounds like she's already um, spoken for, though. I don't know. We'll have to follow up here. And I don't know. Sophia, I was going to say Sophia Bushwatt. But then I was like, <laughs> I don't think we should call it that. Also, I, I do believe Krista is also spoken for 
maybe. <laughs> right. So. <laughs> Not yeah. your time. Not your time. However, <laughs> however, <laughs> I, it's Sophia I, Bush. Do, I do think some um, adjustments would have to be made uh, for Sophia Bush. So we'll see. <laughs> Uh, she's so beautiful. I just looked up a quick article of her dating history and like every picture back from One Tree Hill to now, she's just flawless. She's she doesn't age. I will she's give so her classy, that. like so classy. And her voice. Yes. Let's talk about the main selling point of Sophia Bush. She has the best voice. <sighs> she does. So but, also, but also the best face. She has just <laughs> she just <laughs> I think we need to move on. Chris is getting flustered. <laughs> Time to pivot. Okay, continue. <laughs> okay, so what have we learned lately and what questions does it raise? One thing that I've been thinking a lot about lately, I was talking to a friend last night who is in her 40s, um, and she has become really wrapped up in TikTok. And so she was telling me about how one of her favorite things to do at night is she will cancel plans or just like not make plans and she'll get in bed at seven o'clock with her phone and get real cozy and she'll look at TikTok for like four hours and she'll just do it to like get sleepy and because it makes her laugh and it's amusing or whatever. And I just was thinking, I know this sounds very judgy for me to be like, oh, we shouldn't do that. But I'm thinking like, even in relation to myself, I don't I don't have TikTok, but I spend a lot of time scrolling social media, especially Instagram, and it's a very bad habit. And I've tried taking Instagram off my phone to fix this, um, but I usually just end up re-downloading the app. But there are other things I could be doing that Mm -hmm. I want to do that time just evaporates when I look at social media. So, like, I should be working on my novel or I should be, like, learning something or going to improv classes like Allie is, doing better (laughs) things with my time. And the thing that happens with the scrolling, because the algorithms are so good now, is time just evaporates and you blink and four hours have passed. And and like, what are the things that we're missing out on or not making or not, I don't know, like doing impactful things because we lose so much time now to the endless scroll? What do you guys think about this? Are you it victims? makes me so sad. It makes me sad. And this is exactly why I haven't really allowed myself to fully get on the TikTok train um, because this already happens to me enough with Twitter and Instagram. Um, I don't need another thing. Um, But yeah, it sucks. Even if I'm not like wanting to make something, I still think like I could be reading. I could be going for a walk or whatever. Yeah. Going outside, watching one of the million TV shows that are on my list that I haven't started yet. Yeah. I also think what the and it evident, evidenced by your friend, which yeah, no shade. Everyone does not what's at best all. for them. If that's, but if that's what she needs at the end of the day, by all means. But here's my thought: that's not rest. That's not, it's not. like that's it's not mental rest. That's not relaxation. Like the blue light bullshit and the way that it continues, like quick, like dopamine hits. Like that is not true rest. So I think people have confused like oh, I'm going to wind down or I'm going to kill some time. Like I'm stressed. Like I find myself, if I have like 20 minutes in between meetings and I don't, not enough time to start a new project or a task, but I, I want to like stay at my desk. I'll like pick up Instagram and I'm like, this in no way helps me recharge for the next thing. Mm-hmm. If anything, it showed me all the things I'm not doing, all the ways that could be better, all the things I could have at my house, all the ways I could be doing my makeup better, like all the travel mm-hmm. I want to do. It just keeps like, 
dangling the what ifs and like you shoulds in front of you. Mm. And I think that's the most dangerous is I, and I think that social media is certainly one of the reasons that we're like simultaneously more and less connected to each other, which is like very weird. I haven't explored that yet, but yeah, I mean the screen time reports I get from Apple, I don't, they come through my watch. It's like you spent six hours on your phone Monday or something like that. I do read my Kindle app on my phone sometimes. So that's counted into that, but it's very humbling for me. I'm like, I have 18 good hours a day. Mm-hmm. And a third yeah. of that is looking down. Yeah. Yeah. It's scary. It's scary. It yeah, just that- makes you feel like we all are just losing so much time every single day by choice. And it's such a strange thing that's emerged like in our modern world with social media where we have these information systems that are just like purely driven by just strategically manipulating us to keep looking at it and it works and it's so good that it's like, Oh man, what do we do now? I know. I know. It sucks though, because I feel like at least for me or probably all of us, I think it's mixed all in with like the friendships that you have from on the internet or that are scattered around the country or the world or whatever. And like, that is also how you stay connected with them So it's like, how do you, I don't know, like, I wish I could fully separate out, like, the relationship part of it versus I get on to check, I get on to check on a friend or to talk to somebody and then Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, an hour of scrolling later. Yeah. You know, I I don't know. I know that, I mean, we met, uh, I mean, even Kaylee and I met online technically, like, Mm -hmm. many years ago, but Chris, so you and I were internet friends, like... I didn't really feel like our friendship became a true friendship though, until we started like hanging out, maybe not true friendship, but more of like a deep, like deep seated relationship. So it's like, I have many friendships I maintain through social media, but compared to the ones that I either am able to see in person, which isn't always possible, or I maintain them through text or phone call. It's not the same. And that's just me personally. Like, I'm not going to speak for yeah. the, the folks that have like chronic illness and that's how they connect with yes. the world. It's like, I am in no way, this is not a blanket application, but for folks who can get out there <laughs> and have a lot of friendships that they they say they have on Instagram, like the people I see on Instagram, I'm like, I don't, I don't know how to talk to you. If I ran yeah. into you in the store, I would walk the other way. Like, I don't, I don't yeah. know what to say to you, but I like yeah. your stories. So it's um, like, I, I don't, that to me is not the same. Personally, that's, that's a good point because I do think when, yeah, like once the friendship becomes more real, you usually take it offline anyway, somehow, whether it's texting or in person or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think the like sending memes back and forth gives us this very nice feeling of maintaining friendships when it's really very surface level and you get the depth and the richness from Allie, like you said, meeting in person and having those moments, like we talked about last time where you're cleaning the dishes together or doing something totally unstructured where you have these moments where there's just enough distraction for you to have like a meaningful conversation when you'd least expect it. Um, You don't get that from sharing the memes back and forth. And as much as that feels like, oh, what do you mean? Like I'm inside your brain. We're sharing these memes. We both are, we have the same context right now. You're not like, how are you doing? Or Mm -hmm. like what's going on in your life or anything like that. And we need that. We need that level of connection. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Something to think about. 
the next time you grab what, your phone to scroll. I have, I have a question for y'all. If you could <laughs> get all those hours back that you scroll in a day, what would be the thing that you would then do with those hours? Oh man. I mean, if it was like, if I could <laughs> aggregate them into like a long-term period, I would travel yeah. and I would oh. meet people. Mm-hmm. Like I would just talk to, like, I think we talked about in another episode. Like I, I'm ironically becoming more extroverted as I get older, mm-hmm. um, which I never expected would happen. But my husband and I are planning like a long-term trip to Europe either next summer or the summer after I'm talking like oh, six wow. weeks. And nice. I'm like, one of my goals is like everywhere we go, I want to like meet somebody local and like, whether mm-hmm. it's in a coffee shop or somewhere, um, I would take all that time and put it toward that. Now, I mean, sometimes we're on social media for like 30 minutes here, 30 minutes there. So it's like, I don't really I mean, I don't know. Maybe those are the times you really need to just disengage and use those yeah. serot- like dopamine hits to get through the day. But the big blocks of time, I would certainly reroute toward actual experiences. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I think mine would be more time reading. Even though reading is hard sometimes. I don't always have the mental bandwidth to do that well. Writing, being outside, playing with the dog. I don't know, literally anything else. It just feels yeah. like such a waste. I don't it feel like really I does. get anything from it. When I step back and I zoom out, I'm like, I don't yeah. really see a net positive here. It's like synthetic. It really is. I yeah. don't know. Krista, what, what about, about you? Um, I definitely think being outside more. I, it being outside, do whether it's like kayaking or hiking or just going for a walk, or whatever. Like, really centers me, and it's all, it's like always helpful. Um, I think way more of that. Um, yeah, I was gonna say reading or writing, but I don't know if I actually mean that. So. <laughs> just well, at least you're being honest. <laughs> Just hanging out. Just hanging out outside with my dog, honestly. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm excited about this next topic. Allie, you and it was sent on Instagram in our group chat. So that's funny as a springboard for this next piece. But Mm -hmm. tell us about this video you sent. Oh crap. I I need to remember. Well, Krista, you added this. Yeah, Do you remember? Tell us about this video, Alex. <laughs> I, wrote, I wrote like a whole dissertation. In the <laughs> <You did. laughs> Take us um, away. Okay. Well, okay. So the video was this guy. Oh, I remember. Yeah. Explain the video. Okay. Sally. So it was this shot of like um, from I think it was from the Ares tour, like in the mm-hmm. in the theater, and there was like I think all the women were like dancing, which sounded super fun. And someone was, I don't know if it was the caption or like a overlaid text that was like, this is weird or this, I don't know why they're doing this or this is like culty or something. But then the guy who like stitched in his video cut to like some NFL game with all these like fat guys and their stomachs were painted and their faces were painted. And the guy's like, what's the difference? Essentially was like, why do we shit on things that are made for or celebrated by women. But when guys essentially do the same thing in their own way, it's like normalized or even like promoted. That's, that was my takeaway. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I think about this a lot because I just think it shows up in so many different aspects of our culture, like things made for women or by women 
are just so often seen as like silly or frivolous or they're not taken seriously at all. Um, I think that, let's see, hang on, let me check my. Yeah, you had a whole thing about basic. (laughs) Yeah. Calling somebody basic. I think that that's like what this stems from. Because like think about the things that are considered basic. Oh, a girl is basic. It's always a girl. A girl is basic if she likes Starbucks or Starbucks or Taylor Swift or anything that's like popular and girly, chick flicks. Um, Stanley Cups. Stanley Cups. Stanley Cups, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's just like everything that's basic is it's always like stuff girls like or like, Mm -hmm. you know, traditionally girly things. Um, And I just really think it stems from like men shitting all over anything girly or anything that's not like a traditional cool guy thing. Um, yeah. And it, I think it, it just sucks. Cause it's like, I think that because of the way our society is set up, we just naturally look to guys for like, what's cool, like what's okay for us to like, and like, what's going to make me the cool girl. And like in what yeah. ways, yeah, that was my thought too, was like, I feel like women are are either consciously or subconsciously programmed to be in competition at all times. And I oh, think yeah. that a lot of like the basic bitch, like bullying essentially is mostly from women. Like, I don't think men notice what shoes or clothes or hair or like drinks that you're drinking. I think they get on the, right. the bandwagon just to like for shits and gigs. But I I think it's really girls that like start that dialogue and start that narrative. And then they lean into like, but I'm different. Like that, that's at Mm. least like the experience that I saw, especially in college, especially going to an SEC school. Like, man, it was so prevalent. Yeah. It's the whole thing of like, I'm not like other girls kind of thing. I (laughs) I hate um, that so much. It just, yeah, it just sucks. Cause I, I saw this in college too. It's like, it's always, you want, you want the guys to think you're cool. And so therefore you like, like the music they like is okay. And the movies they like it there, it's like guys fucking jerking off over fight club. Or I think I put here red hot chili peppers. It's just like, why is that I do better? like that. I yeah. mean, me too. I don't hate them, but it's just like, because boys like that kind of stuff. It's like, that's okay to like, and that's mm-hmm. cool. And it's like, not it's if you if you don't like it then you're weird but then yes girl girl movies girls music it, that's always like completely written off immediately yeah um yeah i have two things here so number Go. one isn't it ironic with the whole taylor swift concerts this summer how the guys have come in and they're like, oh, I go to a Taylor Swift concert too. And they like wear the friendship bracelets. But because now that the, is it, I wonder, the question here is, I wonder if because of that and like these big hyper-masculine celebrity dudes going to these concerts, I wonder how much that has contributed to this whole like Taylor Swift conquering the entire universe this year. I wonder if the male influence is part of that because now even the girls are like, oh, well, the guys like it too. Like now it's officially cool. Yeah. Yeah. Getting permission from your higher up brethren that you look up to. Or your significant other or whatever. Yeah. And it's weird because it's like, what came first? Like, what what was it that made guys 
now feel like they have permission to Mm -hmm. enjoy that or go to these shows and be excited about it. Like what made them feel like they had permission to come out of their box and then that leading to, okay, now it's like, okay for everybody. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just, it's very annoying because and you've always seen this with like the chick flick thing. Like guys are never going to go to see chick flicks with their wives and they're going to make fun of them. And it's just very annoying. Yeah. And I wrote I down, think, go ahead. I was just going to say, I wrote down here, like, I know I've talked a lot about how I like hate contrarianism, <laughs> but I was like, maybe I just hate this. Like, I think the, <laughs> like these are two different, this is not necessarily the same thing as contrarianism. This is just like, I don't know, I guess the patriarchy controlling what I'm allowed to like or not like. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I think at the end of the day, it's like, just like what you like and don't let anybody else influence you. Like, don't let, like, contrarianism is still letting other people influence you like we've talked about. You just go in the opposite direction. That's the, I'm not like other girls. Right. You're still, you're still influenced by them if you try not to be like them. (laughs) It's like, if you existed on an island, what would you like? If no one else exactly. was there, ask yourself that. was the that. other thing I wanted to point out is that so often I feel like women's identities get wrapped up in the in their male counterparts and the woman adapts to become what their male partner is and they forget who they are. Mm-hmm. And I'll be totally honest. I've even struggled with that. And I'm just, I've been in a relationship for 17 years and I'm just now getting to the point where I'm like, wait a second, what do I like? For so long, it's just been like, oh, well, I just like what he likes. I became the person he is. And now I'm 34 and I'm like, well, wait a second. There are very few things that I held on to as far as my personal preferences and likes from my my previous personality before I entered this relationship. And it's little things like music that I liked as a teenager that I discovered on my own was like, I actually like the way this sounds. Like this means something to me. Yeah. Um, movies, like old hobbies, things like that. Everything else I feel like kind of disintegrated and I just became this other person because that's how our society is. And so often it's like, it just happens. So, yeah, I don't know. It's tough. It's tough when that's just how we are all programmed and just that's who you look to. Um, yeah. Unconsciously I saw this, or like, consciously. I saw this video last night on Instagram. <laughs> Shit. Maybe we should have an Instagram <laughs> jar. The funny thing is like, I feel like I have like pretty well curated my Instagram to follow either like close friends, therapists, interesting thinkers. Like, but then when you scroll on the reels, it's you're subject to anything. Yeah. Anyway, saw this video about how women are graded or scored against how good they are for other people. Good mom, good wife, good friend, good everything else. And it's probably, we could open the floor to a whole discussion on this, but I think that's probably within the same vein of like good partner, good wife, easy person to be with, like kind of just globs into who your person is. Um, Mm -hmm. Takes a lot of work to maintain that. Staying in your own lane. You know, my parents, my mom used to explain to me like, really good partnership, marriage or relationship, whatever you opt for is like, you're still in your own lane. You're just running the same speed. I feel like most people oh, just, jump, like that. just jump in their partner's car. Right. And they kind of That's like, a yeah. Good metaphor. yeah, it takes a lot of work because you still have to keep running. Mm-hmm. You still have to do your own work. You still have to yeah. keep up with Excellent your partner, metaphor. Vice versa. but I've always remembered that when I've been tempted to kind of like lose my 
self. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. I, love I like that. that. Um, so what are we reading, watching, loving right now? I forgot to put it on the list, but I have to say morning show, as crazy as it is this season, I really like it. I found myself missing it when my episode ended the other night when I was getting caught up. So yeah, I kind of like it. I'm watching that too right now. And I agree. The first couple episodes of the season were just chaotic and it's like too much. They were trying to do way too much in each episode, but I feel like it's starting to calm down a little bit and they're starting to actually focus on the different relationships versus just trying mm-hmm. to like amp up the drama. So yeah, yes. I agree. I it. don't know how they have any plot points left, but <laughs> kudos to the writers for keeping it going. Yep. Yep. What, what else? else? Kaylee, you put a, a book in here. Yeah. So I'm reading a book from 2004 that was recommended by Stephanie Danler, who wrote Sweet Bitter. I seem to have a very similar. Yes. And I started following her, Allie, because of you. Did you read her memoir? I did. I think you and I talked about that. It um, It was a couple years ago. To visit me a couple of years ago. But I really trust her book recommendations. And so this was one that she posted a while ago. It's called. The Line of Beauty by Alan Hollinghurst. It's very British. It's very. It's a. It's kind of like a, a male gay romance, but within the context of English gardens. Um, I think it's the early '90s, maybe, is when it's set. Oh. It's a very cozy read. I'm really liking it. The writing is very good. The characters are super interesting. I don't know. I like it. Interesting. What is like the tone? Is it like? Like a, it's not a rom com. Uh, like what's like it's the- not a rom com. It's, mm, I would say it's kind of like Notting Hill is what I would compare it to. Um, so cozy. It's cozy. Oh, man. Yeah. There's yeah. Just, it's like the upper crusty British. Um, also a little bit of Great Gatsby. I feel like the main guy in the story is kind of the Nick Carraway character, where he's a little bit external to this crusty white world he's he's white himself but um he's kind of the interloper and so he's the third party external perspective on on their way of living so it's it's a little bit uh through his eyes which i like okay okay yeah um i have been watching the golden bachelor which we've Mm. brought up a few times on this this podcast um and it's just as wholesome as we predicted, I think. Um, <laughs> it is very refreshing. I I used to really love watching reality TV because it felt like just taking a break, just pure entertainment for entertainment's sake. Um, but lately, I haven't been enjoying it as much. And it's just kind of Why? the same. Because it's like the same old shit every single time. And so it's just kind of like... Define same old shit. Like, every season of The Bachelor is the same. Like, all the people Mm. are just wannabe influencers. It's the same drama. It's, like, the same formula every single season. Mm. After episode four, there's going to be this kind of drama. Later on, there's going to be this kind of – like, it's just the same thing. And that's kind of across the board with all the reality shows that I used to watch. Mm. Um, But this one's, like, really (laughs) – just so sweet and kind of refreshing because, like, it is doesn't fit the formula at all. Everybody's, like, in their 60s and 70s, and it, they're obviously not, like, aspiring influencers. And so <laughs> they just seem 
a little more like real and authentic. And most of them are like, they've been divorced or they are widows or, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's very sweet to watch them like be, you know, in their sixties and seventies and like wanting to find a connection. I don't know. It's just like so wholesome. Connection. Yes. So I keep seeing this come up in news stories lately that all this talk of gray divorce, which is when people get their children like married off and whatever they're adults they're taking care of. And then they are left with each other and they're like, I don't really like you anymore. And so you have a lot of people in this like baby boomer, baby boomer category who are getting divorces at an older age and kind of like now what? Yeah. Um, So I wonder how much that plays in with this whole scenario. Maybe. I will say it's, it's been cool to see them like, I mean, they all just have their own lives and like, one of them's a dancer. The other one's like a musician. Like they all just, they, oh, I love that whether so they're much. with somebody or not, they just have been like living their best life. And it's just That's so great. cool to see. Yeah. 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 This makes me so happy. I, I, a lot of people I know through my parents or people I've observed are going through the same thing, Kaylee. I think mm. Austin and I were just talking about this the other day. Cause our second wedding anniversary was yesterday And we were talking about, thank you. We were talking about marriage and just like how crazy it is and how it's super hard, but also really easy at the same time. And just kind of this conundrum. And we were talking about how I think our generation, millennials and and behind us will change that 50% divorce statistic because people aren't getting married theoretically unless they want to. I mean, there's still going to be a societal push, I believe, in the South specifically. Um, I know a lot of people who got married out of college and I'm like, girl, you don't even know who you are. I know. But I do think like I've seen people wait until their thirties, early forties, same with kids. If at all, I believe that that statistic will, will dwindle as we get older, as long yeah, as we keep. That was my question with the thumbs up of like, yes. do you think it's going to go up? But I, mm, that's no, a good I think point it will that go people down. aren't getting married at all. Right. Which like, that's another probably research point to look into, but Mm-hmm. I love that. Like, I I just love that the narrative around relationships and marriage and age and kids. I think it's. I think it should change. I think it is changing, and it makes me really happy for our kids yeah. if we have them. <laughs> the world that they yeah. live in. Yeah. Be a lot yeah. More no, totally. Well, totally. yeah, and you see these. There's like more variety. I feel like in the representation of like what that should look like. Cause you have these figures like Glenn and Doyle who have just totally upended their lives and. And been like, no, this isn't bad. This is because I want to be a good example for my children. And I want to show them that you don't have to stay in a relationship where you're unhappy. I've seen the flip side of that too, where I'm reading another book where a woman, they had some infidelity in their marriage and they decided they were going to stick together and they were going to make it work and they're still together now. Um, But like to talk about it, to talk about the fact that it's not a smooth ride, I feel like is the first step. And that people aren't just like, oh, it's this magical thing and you get married and it's perfect forever. It's like, no, it's... It's fucking work. It's hard. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm glad that people are talking about it. I like I said I had I had lunch with a therapist friend today and she was like everyone I talked to is like marriage is really hard. Marriage is a really difficult thing and I know even big figures like Casey Neistat and his wife Candace. I used to watch their vlogs all the time. They had that podcast for a while where they would basically go on and be like we don't know if we're going to be together tomorrow. And I feel like it's kind of a one day at a time for a lot of people. We just don't yeah. talk about it. Yeah. Which is crazy. It's just crazy how like 
there are so many huge life things that affect every one of us that we don't talk about. Like marriage is, is one of those, like how hard it is or how complicated it is. I think, um, like motherhood is another one. And then Mm -hmm. things like grief, like things that happen to every single person. And we just don't talk about them. Like that's baffling to me. Or, or we've stopped talking about them. I do think Mm -hmm. that those things now, the narrative around them 50, a hundred years ago was quite different. But I mean, back then you couldn't distract yourself with the phone. Like you couldn't, Mm -hmm. like there was less immediate gratification. Sometimes you had to feel what you were feeling or like share in that with those around you. You couldn't really hide away from it as much as I think you can now. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good thing. (laughs) Yeah. We don't know. That's just our perception. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, wait ali this reptile movie that Mm. you mentioned earlier not to bring it back to justin timberlake but we're gonna close the loop um yeah so i'm not really a new watcher of things but i wanted to watch like a thriller it's the closest i'll get to a horror movie in october austin was like ali it's the back half of the month. You owe me a scary movie. <laughs> I was like, I will meet you halfway and watch this weird movie. Um, it looked good. It was like one of the top 10 on Netflix the other night. And it has, um, I think it's Benicio Del Toro. He's, a, I think, a Mexican actor. And I really like him. Justin Timberlake's in it. And it had a decent review on Rotten Tomatoes. So I did my homework and I was like, let's take, let's, let's do it. It was weird. It was super weird. It was more mm. about... Actually, if I say this, it'll give it away. I think you should watch it. It's kind of a blend of like a murder, like a murder mystery, but not in like the frou-frou way. It's like someone gets killed. They have to figure it out. But it also is like a crime thriller. So if you're into like- So like true crimey kind of? Not true crimey. It's fictional. It's a lot like SVU. Uh, Like I love SVU. I love like- criminal minds, but there's like other elements in it. And I have to say, it's one of the most interesting cinematography experiences I've ever had. Mm. I think it was um, shown at Sundance. Mm. One of those this year, really, really well done. The way they shoot the movie and like layer in the music and you're uncomfortable Mm. the whole time, but there's really no violence, which is what I don't really like to see. So I liked it, but it was definitely like a mind fuck ah and justin timberlake was a dick in it so it tracks mm. it tracks yep reprising his role <laughs> um krista what's still up tell us about still up um so this is on i think apple tv i feel like i found it after the morning show one day um but it's just this weird little like british comedy about two insomniac best friends And the whole show, I haven't finished the first season, but the whole show is just them, like, talking all night. So it's very, like, conversation, dialogue heavy, Um, but it's very cute. Like, uh, the main characters, one of them is, um, she's just a mom, married. Um, The other guy, he's kind of, like, an anxious shut-in, but they have this weird little friendship because they're both insomniacs and they have that in common. Um... Yeah, I don't know. It's very funny, very smart. I feel like the humor is super sharp. And because it's all about them just like talking, I just, it, the it's, the writing is so good too. Um, mm. 
yeah, I don't know. I highly recommend. Very unique plot for sure. What's it on? I think Apple TV. Okay. I think that's where Got I found me. it. Yeah. Hmm. Um, um, but yeah, it's cute. Allie, what are these two books that you have in here? I'm curious because they sound kind of like maybe fantasy. <laughs> the first one is Fourth Wing. It's by that author, Rebecca Yaros, I mentioned a couple episodes ago. Oh, yes. Um, in the same like world or like fantasy romance as like Akatar and From Blood and Ash, which is like some of my fictional bread and butter, uh, gave in and bought it. I almost didn't want to because everyone is reading it right now, um, but I wanted a really good series to read over the winter. They're like thick books. It's like this big. Oh. Um, and the second one comes out in a month. So I was like, I'll read this and then have it for the winter. The second one is called Alchemy. It's actually a nonfiction book. My uh, David and Alex, my partners recommended it. It's called okay. Alchemy, the magic of original thinking in a world of mind numbing conformity. Uh, I've only read a couple pages and it's already got me hooked, but I am like not a nonfiction reader. Mm. Like reading for me is very much like a disassociative experience. Yeah. Like I kind of like, I, it's like movies for my brain. So when I read nonfiction, I have to be in the right mind space. Like I have to really be able to absorb it and like take my time and it's going to be different. That's so. what I want out of a reading experience, too. I, w- I want to be out of my day-to-day. I want to totally disappear. Yeah. So I'm totally with you on that. But if it's good, if it's a good book, if it's worth reading, I will pick it up. Yeah. So you have to let I'll us let know. you guys know. Yeah. Hmm. Anything else? Anything else we're reading or watching? Did we cover so. that one? Okay. So lightning round questions today. We've got a Halloween themed one since this will probably be coming out right around Halloween. What was your favorite Halloween costume you ever wore? Doesn't have to be from childhood. It could be as an adult too, but like there's got to be one that stands out if you've dressed up for Halloween before as your go-to favorite one. I have two that come to mind. Uh, One from when I was a kid, one from when I was an adult. Can I guess? I don't think. No, but my birthday. Oh, you had the Barney birthday party. Yeah, Barney birthday birthday parties for many years. But you didn't dress up as him for Halloween. Absolutely not. Not even baby Bob. Nope. (laughs) Nope. Wow. Okay. Sorry. Go go off then. (laughs) Oh, I was when I was young. I think I was like eight. I was a sky dancer. And my grandma, like, made the costume for me. I don't know if you guys remember those t- toys. It was, like, this little fairy. And it would be on this, like, uh, foundation. Like, I don't know. You pull, like, the string. And it would, like, spin the, the oh, wings yeah. really fast. So you know what they are. Oh, yes. And she would, like, yeah. spiral away. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, real quick. Have y'all ever seen the video where a girl does that and then it flies into the fireplace? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. My grandma, my grandma made my costume. So she made these wings that would like, I had this little, like it would go over my arm and there was a string. Little did did I know it doubled as a leash for my parents at the time. (laughs) So maybe I wasn't eight. I think I was like six because that's eight is too old for a leash, but that was a favorite. Um, That's a good one. That's impressive. Second one was the uh, call the girl from that Drake song. Hotline Bling. 
the the call girl in the beginning of the music video. Oh yeah, that was in college, yeah. and I just fun felt, felt really hot when I wore that costume. So it succeeded <laughs> me. There yeah. you go, nice. That's success. Nice. There you go. What about you, Krista? Um, I think my favorite costume as a kid was I went as the Pink Power Ranger one year. Um, I was super nice. into Power Rangers, so I was Weren't very we excited. All? Weren't we all? Uh, probably not Allie. She's probably too young. (laughs) Allie's like, I wasn't even born yet. I am not that much younger than you guys. How old were you in 1995? One. Oh, one. I thought five. One. See, this is the shit I'm talking about. God. Oh, my (sighs) God. Uh, I quit. I quit. Bye. Bye. I feel judged. Ages. No, no, no. No, no. We love that for you. We love your youth. Yeah. Um, I'm jealous. Um, And then as an adult, I was super into the movie Easy A, and I mm. made my own olive costume, specifically the one with, like, the scarlet letter A. Um, nice. Yeah, and that was fun. Very out of my comfort zone, but, yeah, it was fun. Yeah, but Taylor was at the game this weekend wearing a corset top. We got to bring him back. We we should. We should. Corsets are in. Um, I think that mine was – I had a really cra- – I had a friend with a really crafty mom who could sew, and she made me um, one, one year, like, you know the princess hats that come to a cone and they have, like, a piece of um, flowy fabric coming off the back? I don't know what genre of princess that is, but she made me the hat – with like a little chin strap and then this blue dress that went with it was this very pretty light blue satiny material. Oh man, that was <laughs> peak Halloween for me. I mean, a custom made, Allie, you had a grandma who could do that, but I got this for one Halloween. I got this custom made Halloween outfit and I was just like, oh, this is amazing. Love this it. Amazing. So sweet. Love it. I want to see a picture. As of an that. adult, I still I still dress up every year, but I don't know that there's one that stands out. This to me year as my is your year. Ben yeah, this year, Ben Franklin. Yes. I gotta get that ordered also, or it's not gonna get here in time. You haven't ordered have, it yet? I haven't ordered it yet, and Jeffrey Bezos needs to send it to me immediately. I uh, if you have been like dangling that in front of us and then it doesn't happen, I'm gonna be so pissed. I know the people will riot. <laughs> I'm sure. Our audience of 17 people will riot (laughs) Mm -hmm. vigorously. They will. I'm going to get some strongly worded letters. I can feel it. I've been been ordering like parts of my costume and everything is delayed. So I would definitely get on that because I think Amazon is cooking. Oh boy. Cooking. Okay. Good to know. Um, Our last question today. If you could decorate your whole home perfectly to suit your taste, meaning you don't have to factor in your partner or whoever you live with their requirements and wants, what would the vibe slash the look be if you could categorize it into a theme, a visual theme? I hate living with a boy. Well, it's hard in general when you have to combine spaces with somebody else because then functionality day-to-day wise, a lot of things go out the window. Why specifically do you hate living with a boy? I love my husband, but I, of course. I he's uh, like everything is very discord, like discombobulated. I mean, mm. this was before I really like took took the reins. Um, he also like likes to keep things just because, like they're sentimental. I ah. very minimal minimalist. Like I'm not incredibly sentimental. I will like 
the older I get, the more I'm accruing based on like trips and memories, but I don't keep stuff. Like I'm not an, I'll keep this just in case kind of person. Like that's not my brand of clutter. Um, he also likes like things out on like surfaces. Mm. And I'm like, this tabletop yeah. needs one lamp. That's it. And he's like, that's no, it. display. And I'm like, absolutely not. <laughs> what kind of stuff does he display? <laughs> like when we first moved in together, we had a kind of a small bathroom, but thankfully it had decent storage. He wanted to put like all his like colognes and his like skincare stuff on the counter. I'm like, that's why we have like a medicine cabinet. He's like, no, I want to see everything. I'm like, this will not work if you need to see everything all of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's simply not enough surfaces. I can't say I'd have like a different vibe because I think like our styles are suited, but like what how? is your yeah, what is your style then? How would you like maybe a movie house too is an easy way to do a visual association? I don't know. I don't think I know enough about interior design to have like a style like a name. Okay. I just I don't know. I like like different wood tones. I'm I'm a little bit more colorful than I thought I'd be. Like we we just ordered a new couch. Actually, it gets here on Thursday, and it's like green, like dark green, kind of like your wall. Nice. Um, okay. So I think I don't I don't know. Kaylee, give me options. Okay. That's fine. Well, I mean, if you're, it, I, I think Modern-ish. in my mind, I was thinking of it. Yeah, if there was like a a movie that you've watched and you've been like, oh, that's my dream house. Mm. Or, like, that decor just really speaks to me. Like, I could really see myself there. I'll have to think on that. Yeah, that's hard to say. But what about you, Krista? Um, I feel like I'm very into, like, mid-century modern vibes. Okay. I like that. Just, like, a good, clean, classic uh, also very into like Nora Ephron, like the whole Nora Ephron, like kitchen thing and like the nice cozy house kind of thing. Um, so if you could somehow blend those two together, maybe I would like the outcome, but yeah, yeah I don't know. I do love Again, this is a modern. difficult question. It's yeah. very difficult it's- because I, I see it in my head, but I don't know how to explain. Hard to verbalize. Yeah. Yeah. I think the thing, I was thinking about this question because the other day uh, I was talking to somebody about like when you were a kid or a teenager and you, if you had your own room, you could basically design it to be your your sanctuary. You know, you could make it look, we talked about this last week on the podcast of like, what did your teenage bedroom look like? And so maybe that's what triggered the thought. But I was just thinking about how now you kind of have like a theme within your house and you and your partner develop it together, whoever you live with, whatever. Um, and it's often not entirely what you want as an individual. And I think for me, what I what feels good to me is like the holiday, the movie The Holiday with um, Cameron Diaz and um, Kate Winslet. Kate Winslet. Yeah, yeah. I'm the cottage. Like I want the mm-hmm. cottage in the English countryside. It's kind of cluttered. It's very cozy. Nothing's really like new. Everything's kind of worn in. Very a lot of varied textures. Um, warm lighting. Um, candles, just very cozy and kind of antique slash yeah. Frenchy. Like there's flowers and vases and there's books on the floor. And I don't know, very like romantic and warm. I feel like that really speaks to me. Whereas the house I live in now, I love it. It's beautiful, but it's very mid-century modern slash clean, minimal, because that's what we could agree on together. But if yeah. it was my space, 
it would be so much more cluttered yeah. with a lot of things that make it feel cozy. Mm-hmm. I, so. think, I think that's the Nora Ephron thing. Like I feel yeah, like – There's like books on the floor yeah. and there's candles and there's flowers. Very lived in, very warm, very yes, cozy. Yeah. 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 The furniture's not new. It's kind of broken in and hmm. I don't know. It, there's yeah. a certain warmth to that. I think I'm that, but like minimal. Like I like, I don't really care what my house looks like as long as it's really clean. Like I don't mm. like clutter and I don't like dust and like that stuff stresses me out. I think it's more of like yeah. a subconscious thing, but I do like the cozy vibes. I'm just not like a lived in kind of person. Like I, at the end of the very day, I like to kind of like close things up. So in the yeah. morning, which maybe it's just more of a reflection of where my head's been at the last couple of years, like very mentally cluttered. Mm, yeah. So like my surroundings need to be nice and simple. Yeah. And again, I say this too, from a, being a person who's never lived in a super house that is that way. So mm-hmm. I don't know if day to day that's realistic. Yeah. It might be like, oh my God, there's so many things in this house, but it sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. So and it looks cute. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's all we've got for today. So we did it. Cheers. We did it. Cheers. Cheers. Bye, friends. Bye.